Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Elon Musk gave us a rare glimpse at the future of Tesla during yesterday's earnings call. He's talked about robo-taxis before, but yesterday he leaked his vision for a dedicated robo-taxi vehicle, one without a steering wheel or even pedals. He said it's going to be by far the lowest cost per mile transport ever, and that a robo-taxi ride will cost less than a bus ticket or a subway ticket. And he said they hope to bring the robo-taxi to market with full production, volume production, by 2024. The robo-taxi and other robot innovations are huge growth areas for Tesla, which, by the way, reported earnings that were more than 50% higher what, than what analysts were expecting last quarter. But then again, Elon did schedule his earnings announcement for 420, so do you expect anything less than high earnings? Earlier this month, he said that their human-sized robot named Optimus would be introduced in 2023. Yesterday, he actually said that he expects that robot business to ultimately be worth more than the car business and more than full self-driving. Yesterday, he also alluded to maybe getting directly involved in the lithium business and encouraged entrepreneurs to do the same. He said that lithium margins were basically like software margins. And to quote Elon, do you like minting money? If so, the lithium business is for you. Well, we like minting money. So today on Dumb Money, how Tesla's robots and maybe lithium could change everything and what it all means for the future of Tesla's stock. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turn $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. And until we have our very own Optimus robot to do simple human tasks like smashing like buttons, we do have to rely on each and every one of you for that. So please go ahead, take a second, get those likes in. Uh, Chris Jordan, I, I absolutely love it when Elon goes off on earnings calls. I don't know if he planned to reveal as much as he did yesterday, but we did get a lot of interesting nuggets. What, what are your yeah, initial thoughts? So, um, you know, I, I've, I've listened or have read the transcript of every Tesla earnings call since, public, uh, since the company went public. And, you know, for anyone that's done that and has followed Tesla over the years and Elon, you always have to kind of have a layer of skepticism behind anything that Elon says. He does um, say every it, single time he has a new product, he says it's going to be ready next year. I don't know how many he, years we've been waiting for full self-driving, but it's always next year. Correct. That that, that said, that said, I I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reveal this. You know, I I have been invested in Tesla on and off over the years. I've never been like in an, like one of the like, I've never been like a meet Kevin style half my portfolio in Tesla, right? I wish I wish I did right back then. Um, I'm actually more excited about Tesla. And I know a lot of people have said this uh, since last night, since, since this earnings call. I'm more excited about Tesla right this second than I have ever been um, in the history of the company. And I think I will talk about that during this episode. But I agree. And I, this has been my one of my biggest holdings for 
well, ever since I bought the stock and it went up so much and became one of my biggest holdings because of that. But yeah, I'm I'm more optimistic about everything Tesla right now than ever. And and Dave, you you know the the only thing that's held me back on Tesla for a really long time and we are, you know, all three of us in, in various ways are kind of have our roots in the automotive business. I, I, I started my career in the automotive business, you know, like, and, and I've been thinking about cars almost my entire life. Jordan, you as well. Dave, you spent a big chunk of your career in the automotive industry. And I just the software really, side of automotive. I've never you, really you, been a car person right. at all, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a car person, right? Like I've always been a car person to the point where I'm just burnt out on cars, and maybe that's part of the issue. I just do not have any faith uh, in the future of cars beyond, you know, call it the robo taxi and Tesla's Tesla's language, right? Uh, that that's the only thing I'm really interested in, and that is an area where there's just a whole lot of debate on what the winning technology will be and who will be the big winners in that space. And I, I think there's still more questions than answers, even knowing everything that we know today. Uh, Elon will tell you he's going to dominate the space, right? But I think there's more, more questions than answers. I, I actually am probably more excited about Tesla's role in that space right this second than I ever have been. And again, you have to kind of read between the lines. And I bought one thing that was really interesting in that earnings report yesterday uh, or the Q&A session is that the first question um, Elon got drilled on, listen, you know, when you listen to earnings call, you're like, why don't they ask this? This is what's on my mind. I want someone to really give it to Elon about, man, you have just, you have just been wrong in the past you have basically told us one thing and it is every year you tell us it's coming out this year and it doesn't and that was what happened like someone really addressed that with him and i i kind of liked his response he basically said he was wrong he he said he said nothing in his entire career has he been more surprised that he thought he was just on the cusp of realization of, of, of that thing actually happening and it just it just doesn't unfold, and and, and he I, it feel I feels like he learned his lesson. I feel and, like he's, and he now yeah, under he now talks way more about like volume production and and being able to scale things. And he's always prior to this, once he has a prototype, he's like, oh yeah, it's ready to go. Now we it, it exists in the world and it's it is a thing. He now knows and seems to be more cautious about saying things, which made me w- wonder. Optimus robot? Have you you've seen the demo of that? Can't get in the robot. Don't get into the robot yet, because let's talk about the robot. Let's get in phases because (laughs) first, before we get to any of that stuff, Elon basically admitted that in order for self-driving to really work the way he he envisions it to work, like it it, it truly has to be human. AI, right? Like human equivalent AI. And that's what he's been developing for these years, just pulling data, learning from the data. And, and and he did seem really confident that this is the year. He basically said that he's going to have releases every, was it two weeks or two months? I think it might be two weeks. Like I, I don't recall if it was every two weeks or two months. He's going to have new releases and he challenged everyone to just try it for themselves this year. They're going to onboard more people than ever before, exponentially more than they ever had into their beta program uh, to where people can see the improvements over the course of this year. And he seems pretty confident that this is the year that they will cross cross the threshold 
of being able to kind of have that, uh, you know, to have that driverless technology uh, at a standard uh, that would be street ready. Okay, now that doesn't necessarily mean that the. <laughs> this is my big issue with Elon. Again, he, he's talking about. Did he say uh, full rollout in terms of scale up, Dave, in <clears throat> 2023 for the robo taxi? Is that correct? It's 23 for 24. the robo taxi. Right? 24, 24 is 20. when he was hoping, and oh. he didn't say it would happen. He said he was hoping, targeting. It was, it was some language okay, but- like that. It's not like, it, it will be here 24. He's saying, we hope to have it ready at production scale in 24. On what roads? Or by Where- 24. What, yeah, I mean the problem what, is that the regu- like the regulation's not going to be there in no, time no. for any of this it's, because full self-driving is a level two autonomous technology, right? It, and so it's totally, totally mislabeled as full self-driving. It's not level three, four, or five right now. It's level two, and so for them to, for him to even be able to get that far with regulators is going to take way long. Than and for him to have a car that doesn't even have a place where a driver can sit and monitor it. You can't drive that anywhere. He can't put that on any street anywhere in the world, as far as I know. I you have I to have an attentive driver to be able to use full self driving, and so it's I, it's a mislabeled. Uh, it's, but it, it will get there. I mean, it, it will get there. He's just once again, I think there, a little a little but, early, but way far off than what he's thinking. And so, in these are these are the types of things. And I always go back to my the one Elon quote that really I, I always go back to, which is March of 2020, when he said that COVID will not exist in 30 days. And it's like sometimes he's just so far off, he's delusional when it comes to certain things. Elon is brilliant, brilliant. I'm so glad we have Elon in this world, man. I really am. I just I'm so happy we have him. But at the same time, he's delusional when it comes to certain things that are outside of his. Um, and this is one of those things that are just simply outside of his control. So I, I, I do believe that, that Tesla has a real shot at, at, at leading the charge when it comes to robo-taxis. Um, although I know there's a lot of debate amongst, you know, LiDAR versus his tech. I mean, can he really pull it off without all the kind of heavyweight, um, super expensive um, technology that is required that, that you know, uh, Google's working on and other players in the space are all working on. I, I don't want to go down that that wormhole today, okay? Because I don't think that's what's exciting about Tesla coming out of this earnings call. What, as an investor, what I think you have to appreciate about Tesla is the willingness of Tesla investors to place a value on something that could be five to 10 years down the road, right? And so I feel like we've kind of run the course when it comes to Tesla's automotive, right? (laughs) Automotive um, revenue projections here. I think we're kind of measuring in uh, what I would, what I would consider is a, a reasonable, a reasonable best case scenario for just their automotive division alone. And when, when Elon says guys that he wants to produce you know, 25 million cars a year yeah. out of Tesla. You know, like you do realize that last year in 2021 that we only produced or annualized, we only produced globally, I think, 72 million cars a year. So that's like a third. Am, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I, I don't think I'm wrong about that. I think that's correct. It's 72, 75 million. So it double sounds about that. right. I think it's 15 million ish is what we produce in the United States. Um, yeah, so, so I, I mean, I think that's, that, that sounds about right. I I could look at it. I'm just not buying that he can be a third of the world's automotive market. But again, maybe the robo taxi piece yeah. 
is a replacement cycle that is so large that that alone for a short period of time can scale up to those types of numbers if we get global government regulation that allows that type of vehicle to be on the road. But here's the thing, guys. If you have robo-taxi operating as efficiently as Elon suggests they can operate, um, we won't need as many cars on the road, no. right? Like that's. The I'm keeping point. my car until Elon has a robo-taxi that will just shuttle me around. Then but I don't Dave, need one you don't anymore. need you don't need except maybe I'll keep my cyber truck if that ever happened. Yeah, you you don't need your own robo taxi. So when if everybody moves to the robo taxi model, not that everybody will, but when a good chunk of people do, we just don't need as many of them because they're operating twenty four hours a day. Right now, Ubers uh, are operating and then sitting in a garage, right? And then someone else has been operating their Uber for eight hours or nine hours and then putting that in a garage and someone else is operating theirs for eight. So we might have three different Ubers on the road for a 24 hour cycle where you could theoretically have a robo taxi if it's as efficient as Elon suggested is with minimal battery recharge time because they're so efficient, almost 24 hours a day. Not um, even close to almost 24 hours a day. Are you kidding me? You know how long it takes to charge an electric battery? No, 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 Jordan, Jordan, Jordan what I'm, no, you're not, what I'm suggesting is the robo taxi they're developing, they claim to be five to 10 X more efficient. Uh, than existing cars. So they're developing a robo-taxi that's not anything like an existing EV. Um, the, 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 the style of it, the weight of it, the efficiency of it, it will be designed to last way longer than a normal car um, because of the way it's designed. And so, yes, it will, it will need some we'll charging. See. You still have to that. have charge times, right? I, mean... I, I agree. I'm not saying it's 24 hours a day. I'm just saying it, it could be relatively close to operating, um, you know, close to, on a 24-hour cycle, right? Obviously, it has to have a couple charged. So or they could do something like uh, mm -hmm. what's that? That Neo, where there's just battery swap outs, where you have it battery could be charging. Just yeah. take the whole battery out and have another one. By the time the robo taxi actually hits our roads in scale, we're going. That oh, will be less of an issue, right? So <laughs> yeah. what I'm getting at here is that one. Uh, and by the way, the devil's advocate on this uh, earnings call, and I, I always try to search, seek out people that are anti-Tesla, what, what their you know what 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 their combative take is on a positive earnings like this. And listen, they did still have a lot of credits, but a lot of credits that went into this to this earnings. Also, um, they did not yet feel the effect of inflation, and everyone gave them a lot of credit for that, mostly. But if you really think about it, and Elon and his team said this on the call, they are in contracts with almost basically all of their suppliers, including their lithium suppliers. Okay, so they are not yet feeling the effect of higher pricing. Now, they are feeling the effect of supply chain issues that's basically hindering their ability to produce as much as they would like to produce. But on the cost side, they are not yet feeling the impact. But that's not because Tesla has some kind of magic, right, way to get stuff that much cheaper than all the other automotive manufacturers. It's just because they're in deals where they're not yet feeling the effect of it yet, but they will. And they have raised prices substantially uh, for orders that are coming in past a certain date because they know that past a certain date, their suppliers uh, are going to start charging them considerably more. You know, lithium, one of those things, but ma many things are going to cost significantly more. So I think that's going to hit them down the road. But then again, 
they raise their prices. So will this price raise on Tesla, will people continue to order Teslas at the rate they've been ordering? Will they continue to kind of keep that wait list? I'm not 100% sure, like I'm on the fence when it comes to that, but I don't think that's a problem we need to think about right now because for the next few quarters, Tesla is going to have all the demand that they need to deliver everything they're capable of manufacturing. So on the short-term horizon, I don't really see any huge negative for Tesla, and I think that's part of the reason why they popped today. But what I think what's more exciting, guys, about this call, and I'll let you guys talk, sorry, is the fact that they laid out a plan, and it's, he didn't go deep, Okay, this Dave, you can talk about this now, the, the Optimus robot, where if you look at what he's pitching with the Optimus robot, he's pitching a business that would be substantially larger than the car business, the Tesla car business. Now, you could believe that or not believe it, but what you can't, you can't deny the fact that Elon has delivered. He has delivered on the pipe dream that was Tesla Automotive in a way that very few people on Wall Street at least thought he'd be able to deliver. So the fact that he's actually done that, I believe the market is going to believe and give him credit for another business that is directly related with this humanoid business we'll talk about that I think could propel theoretically, the next big mega cycle in Tesla stock because Elon is not going to have to deliver, even though he says he is pretty soon, he's not going to have to actually deliver one anytime soon. And people are going to be okay with that. Guys, he's saying it's much larger than the automotives. That is a big statement. Is that not the most that important was, thing out of the call yesterday? Yeah, uh, that that was, I was not expecting that. And uh, he even said he thinks that everyone has underestimated what this robot can do. It basically can replace humans doing any tasks that humans don't want to do. And well, it can't do anything right now, Dave. Well, no, it can. It can. Uh, what it stand, can stand on stage and, and give a demonstration. But, I love. Uh, I love Jordan. I. I it, this show would suck so bad if we didn't have Jordan in the corner saying, "Well, it actually can't do anything at all right now, Dave." Is, I mean, is that a guy is in a, a in a suit or is that a real That's robot? A I can't even tell from suit, this shot. Dave. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so <laughs> but you know here's the thing i if, if you guys haven't figured this out dave i think you're with me jordan i think you too don't you agree it's so inevitable like the robots are the one thing that we can say confidently it's inevitable so inevitable like it's it's we can debate whether it's five years or 50 years. like we invested in a robotics company that's doing quite well that's putting robots in hospitals <laughs> yes. right but jordan but robot just shirt. Oh, yeah, i just think that it's a total waste of like engineering and you know just manpower to try to make it totally anthropomorphic there's no reason to make it look and walk like a human there's i mean um, they can be task oriented robots like we've invested in they can do specific tasks a multitude but, of tasks and they don't need to look like people and have so, legs so, so so jordan um th that's kind of a debate debate right in the robotics it is a debate, right i get it because if, you know you're limited like if you've got wheels or whatever then you're limited to you know, single stories and elevators and things like that. Um, you can't use stairs. Um, you have to. You have to have ramps. 
but if you look um, at Boston, 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 was it Boston Dynamics, Robotics, whatever, like if you look at the robot that they, you know, they, they put out a new video every mm -hmm. few months, right, of what the robot can do. Jordan, it yeah. is a humanoid. It's a humanoid. Like, you know, yeah, so, I know. I know. I'm just saying, also that have a dog. you know, like, what's the point, right? I mean, it, well, I mean, there has to... whatever the purpose of the robot, does it help, you know, like if well, I have a robot, Jordan, yes, like go and get my like mail and crap, like yeah. it could have wheels and be totally fine. If, if you think because about it. Our, a human, a humanoid robot has one advantage: is if you're trying to specifically replace what a human does, whether it is going to your mailbox yeah. and taking the thing out. Yes, you could make a much more rudimentary thing that can wheel out and single-purpose get the mail and bring it back to you. But if you have right, a humanoid, it could, it could everything it could, a human does. It could make you scrambled eggs in the morning, and it could then go get your mail, and then it could. Yeah, Dave, our world was built for humans. So opening up a refrigerator door is designed for humans. So when you build a humanoid robot, it naturally fits into the human world. Exactly. And you don't have to replace everything for robots because the human can now naturally, uh, the humanoid can naturally fit in and do the, like if you don't want to have an actual robotic lawnmower, it could theoretically push your actual lawnmower. I mean, that's a stupid, a stupid example. I'm just saying, like, there's a reason why um, they have developed so far a humanoid-style robots. And you're right, Jordan. At the same time, they're also. In I just equal don't know why you not... would. I just don't know why you would like try to replicate, you know, a human body that's just the process of evolution when you could design something better or more purpose fit to whatever task you're trying to have it do. But, but I think a lot right of... now that is the design that, that naturally fits into doing tasks. Like we, you talk about the yeah. diligent robot, the Moxie robot that we've invested in that robot looks like a human. So it doesn't freak people out, but its job is basically to retrieve laundry and do some basic tasks. Yeah. In I mean, a it kind hospital. of looks like a human because they've like, Put a face on it, but it's just a robot, right? I mean, it has like a robotic arm, um, and then it's on wheel, because that's way easier to do, um, and you can get the job done without having to, you know, dump a bunch of money into <laughs> making legs and balance and all those things that are totally unnecessary. Yeah, but but, but the le but the leg balancing technology, like it seems like we're getting there. Like they're they're getting there in a really. Sh fast clip now. No, I don't so disagree. One... I know we're getting there. Um, and like, by like, see we, how complicated I mean, it was for our robot to push a button, though? It has to have this giant arm that tries to figure out where yeah. the button is. If it was more human-like, it'd just go bing. It would know how to push like buttons, and that's really what I need a robot to do. You don't need to push like buttons, Dave. You can put... It's on your phone. It's automated now. Like, you don't... <laughs> the concept of a robot doing physical things is super weird when computers can just turn on your lights for you. <laughs> Hey, you need a robot he, to go turn on switches. I I, I, I see it this way. I think I think robotics are going to take over everything. I think automation is going to take over everything, uh, combined with artificial yeah. intelligence. I like I, I I just think it's it's all inevitable. And I think I agree with you, Jordan. I don't know what I the agree with you 100. I just don't think it needs to look like a human. Yeah, I yeah I don't know that it does or doesn't, and I don't necessarily think that te the technology that Tesla is developing in AI, I think can be, I think what Elon was getting to was that the technology that they had been working on for many years for their driverless cars, which I know we're saying is not ready yet, um, is the exact same technology that they're applying towards their robotics. So he's claiming, right or wrong, that they have a distinct edge 
over traditional robotics companies because they have been working on this compatible AI that they can bridge into the physicalities of a robot now for any number of tasks. That's what he's claiming, at least. Now, how you know can Elon be trusted? That's something that I constantly say. Right? Can he be trusted? Maybe, maybe not. Right? You have to take it with a grain of salt. But I think if he puts out a robot, and Elon is very good, Jordan, at 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 basically building a pie in the sky, you know, fantasy, right? Like, like for the world to either believe or not believe. And because he's achieved what he's achieved, there will be a time, I'm going to tell you, in the next 18 months, there will be a time in the next 18 months when he is going to roll out, uh, what's it called, Dave? What's it called, the robot? Optimus Prime. Optimus. He's going to roll out also Optimus. Known as Tesla I, bot. Okay. And he is going to sell us a future that is going to blow your mind. Now, it might be Elon being ridiculous and, and saying he's going to do this in two years when it's going to take 12 years and or maybe never. But he's going to do that. And I think that is going to fuel a speculative run in Tesla stock that at this point in time, I am really excited about. I'm not even excited about the reality of whether or not this thing becomes a successful robotics company, right? If, if it ends up being a top one, two, or three robotics company. That said, understand, very few companies have the money that Tesla has. Very few companies have the manufacturing capacity that he has. And very few companies have the following and the brand value, right, that Tesla has. So if you think about it, uh, other than maybe Apple, Okay, and, and even Apple, just not even close, right? But but there are very few companies that can come out and potentially be a front runner in this space. And if we start having articles in the next two to three years about how the mass production of robotics globally is going to be a $15 trillion industry, wherever the hell they end up saying, you know that what Elon... He's he knows what he's doing. He wants to be the one or two or three companies that are put in that space to get his valuation yeah. up from one trillion to five trillion. OK, so as an investor, that's how I'm reading all of this right now. Right. I'm not thinking too deep about it. No, I'm, I'm the same. I think that he he like I said earlier, he's tackling the scale problem. And I think if anyone's going to make a robot at scale in the next 10 years, don't you think it's Tesla? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not saying it necessarily has to be Tesla, but I'm saying he's proven that he can take a lot of money, which he has, and he can do things that are so aggressive when it comes to building out these factories. Come on, guy, look what he did in Austin. He did exactly what he said he was going to do, minus the part where it's going to be beautiful from the outside, which it definitely is not. Um, he just delivers on this stuff. It's, he's, he's a maniac when it comes to that, an absolute maniac. So, like, if there's one person that can actually say, I'm just doing it he just does it right uh if he says that he's gonna do it and he knows that the future of tesla is dependent upon this i'm not prepared to really doubt him i'm prepared to doubt when the robot is going to be released and what it's capable of doing that i'm prepared to doubt i'm not prepared to doubt his ability to sell the world on a really big idea and then go out and actually initiate the foundation for that idea and start to execute on that plan, even if it takes five times longer than he says it's going to take. It, he's going to start doing it. And he just he's not going to take no for an answer. That's the bottom line. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's what matters, man. Um, I, I, I will say this. Um, getting back to the robo-taxi, I think the one line in that earnings <clears throat> report 
that people might overlook a little bit is this whole Heath says that that robo taxi will be five to ten times more cost efficient per mile. And again, Dave, you said this in the intro that it will cost less than a bus ticket, a subsidized bus ticket, or subsidized subway ticket. So he's saying, yeah, if you, not if you think a about- bus ticket. Uh-huh. Not a subway ticket. Subway tickets are not subject to inflation the way some things are. What? Because because the cities... Hey, like... Jordan, what did you say? I said that includes... So the, the cost per mile would include not having a driver, right? Correct. Right. Correct. Which right now, yeah. obviously, that's not possible with their current technology. <clears throat> yeah, and I also think the way he's... Des- like I said, I think the way that they're going about designing this robo-taxi is obviously very different from the way that they would design normal Tesla. Now, obviously, we know that other manufacturers are developing their own robo-taxis without steering wheels and all this stuff. But but who is better than Tesla at getting an efficiency in manufacturing for this stuff at scale? No one's going to come even close when it comes to building the type of battery efficiency, the type of lightweight integrated design efficiency what tesla was really designed for let's be honest tesla cars very cool when they first came out i know some people really love them but they're not necessarily innovating when it comes to style and refreshing the look right on a regular basis that to me like tesla has always kind of missed the mark there at least from my personal preference but what tesla was designed for is producing millions and millions and millions of of like these robo taxis at 30 to 40 percent less than any other automotive manufacturer can produce them at and again if you look at like I saw a video. It was really interesting. It said if you take a, if you do a flyover of, of the, just the Austin factory, right, the Gigafactory, and then you do a flyover of GM's new EV factory, it is it is like night and day. Like like the amount of people involved with like operating GM's versus the way that that the robotics involved in, in Elon's production, it is like he's operating on another level, guys. Uh, so. I think that when you think about e- when you think about driverless tech, let's just assume that he gets it right. No, uh, I just I can't it, get past the subway comment because what is it? It costs like four bucks to ride the subway. Less, less than that. Two, two, but he said subsidized, right? So he's talking about a fraction, a fraction. Yeah, of, but even of that. even at the highest retail rate to ride the subway wherever you want in Manhattan, how are you going to get a robo taxi for less than three dollars? Easily, Dave. Easily. When that robo-taxi has tires, wheels, it's super ridiculously lightweight, ridiculously small, right? And and so, and and there's nothing in it at all. All the stuff that makes a car expensive, all the finish out, all of the stuff, all those components are completely removed. You know how cheap these things are going to be, to act, how light they're going to be, and how efficient these things are going to be? To basically just take you from point A to point B, and the biggest cost driver, you know this, Dave, is a driver, right? And there's no driver. That's yeah. why Ubers are so expensive. That, that that's I why. Mean, if you think about like, but if you think about like a subway or a bus, I mean, just the space efficiency and like you can't compete with that. Like, I mean, it's just like physically you can't compete with. That. It's not possible. What, what do you mean? Oh, I disagree. What do you mean, like like a bus? A so bus like if you, took you an have like bus, right? There was let's say it's electric or whatever. 
Um, it's way more efficient to operate a bus than it is to operate a small passenger vehicle. I, from a space I, I don't. Standpoint. I, I, in today's world, yes, but I think when well, you think about a bus, world, Jordan, in any no, world. I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree when you factor in the fact. Well, first of all, a bu- oh, if it's driverless, a driverless bus, right. yes. Yes, if you take the yeah. same driverless technology and you make them on parity, be way more efficient. Or oh, okay, he's not... like, but if you take a train into account, so if you take like a subway system, that's obviously going to be way more efficient. Okay, but he, first of all, he, he's not discussing today's tech to tomorrow's tech. He's discussing right. what he's coming out with tomorrow to today's bus, right? And it, you have to have a okay. driver. Um, and so, and by the way, the subway and buses work for a small fraction of society. Like most people cannot rely on a single point to single, right? Right. On, on, on that. So that it's, it's almost, you can't metro, even compare them. I get it. I, I think the better comparison is, is you know, driving your own car or, or taking an Uber. So uh, anyway, what I was getting back to is I think that he will have such a massive edge in terms of cost of production and cost of operating these vehicles if he does what he says he can do that he might just dominate globally he might dominate the robo taxi business globally if he can pull that off and i think the cost efficiencies at scale that elon is able to get to um that is probably the number one most interesting thing about his robo taxi business it's not necessarily like his tech versus you know the tech of the competitors, right? That they're using LiDAR and stuff like that. Although his tech is a lot cheaper if it actually works, just based on uh, the self-driving tech um, and the AI. Anyway, I, I, I'm excited. There's still a lot of risk here. There's there, there's risk in he, he continues to not put out any type of self-driving and it just never works, right? It, what if that happens? That's a catastrophe for Tesla because it hasn't happened yet, right? We can all agree that his driverless tech, no one is... No one's happy with it at this very second. Yeah. No one believes it's there right now. So far, we keep hearing it's next year. And, uh, you know, even in the demos that I've seen of people with uh, the full self-driving beta, it doesn't drive like a... It makes weird decisions. It's real hesitant. It's not a smooth, fluid driving. You know, even my car beeps at me when it thinks that uh, there's a car in front of me that's turning out of the way and that I'm smart enough to know that it's going to be, it will have cleared the intersection by the time I get there. Tesla basically slams on the brakes when that happens. So it, it has a way to go. We'll just have, we'll just have to see. And, and I don't, you know, Tesla is still a relatively small part of my portfolio, but I did, I did double down in Tesla today. I, I 2X my Tesla position today and I added Tesla to my charitable foundation today uh, for the first time ever. And I did that because I feel like this is a this is like a five to ten year play at this point. I, I didn't, you know, if you would have asked me a year ago, you know, Tesla at this point, like, can you get a five x plus return on it? I would have said it's going to be really tough, right? But I, I think bringing in robots um, again, whether or not he delivers on that promise fully, I think at least gives us the speculative run up at some point in the future where I can envision Tesla being a two, three trillion dollar company, right? Like I actually see it. He has to continue to execute on automotive. He needs to get a lot closer on the robo taxi thing. And he needs to deliver the long-term dream of robots. But now his head is there. I love that his head is there. I love that he's going to he's, attempt he's transitioning to Tesla in from a car company to a autonomous robot, everything company. 
th- that's what we need. For, if you want to envision Tesla as a four or five trillion dollar company, what well, Kathy Wood says four trillion, right? Uh, she said that I don't know a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to envision that company, you have to have robots as part of the mix. I think um, to get there. Yeah. So robots are something else. By the way, he just announced during this episode or shortly before it that he has uh, found the funding to make a tender offer. Twitter is this a good or a bad thing for Tesla? This is yet another distraction. I mean, Elon has a lot on his plate. Does it even matter at this point? That is it even is it better for him to be distracted and just to get out of the hair of people that are working for him at Tesla, or is that a negative? Because if he ends up buying Twitter here, he might just have a shot, quite honestly. Because if you think about the owners of Twitter, a lot of Twitter's uh, investor base are ETFs and large funds that really don't. They just kind of have to own a lot of Twitter. They're not in it for politics. Um, I could see them taking the money. I really could. And especially, I think he keeps rumoring that he's going to do something for shareholders where he would sell but still allow some share. I don't know how he would work that out. Still allow some future benefit for shareholders in this deal. Um, I think he's got a shot, guys. I really do. But is that so a negative? I was, I was just looking. He, he has not yet tweeted about this, but uh, Reuters is reporting that he secured $46 billion in funding. Funding secured. As, as he likes to say. <laughs> that, by the way, that's not a surprise. I mean, I feel like, listen, I knew there would be money out there for Twitter, right? We, when you have Elon behind it, um, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised. The, the price is not ridiculous, but it's good enough. I'd like him to buy. I'm happy to sell my Twitter shares to him right now, at, at his tender offer. I, I will say yes. That partially because I bought my shares the second he announced it, so I'll be positive it's a nice nice short-term game for me but i'm I'm selling do you think it's a negative for tesla though do we need need another distraction no i don't think it is so the the thought is that tesla is at a point right now where he has the right people in place he went through a rough patch with talent when he had massive talent leading tesla it sounds like from everything i've read this past six to eight months that he's actually brought in a lot of good talent to tesla and they're probably in a pretty good place um, moving forward. So, and they certainly have the money and the stability at this point to continue to attract talent uh, and give them the opportunity to do insanely cool stuff. I mean, Jordan, if you were an engineer, which you are, <laughs> but if you were looking for a job, if you were looking for a job, right? Don't you think that has to be high on your list of cool places to work? Has to be right. It's tough, right? Because I've heard he's a maniac to work for. But are you really um, working like for directly him? interface with Elon? I don't think. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you've got a lot of runway to work on things. So. Well, if you if you would like to go work for him, his most recent tweet, he's uh, trying to get people to come work at the Boring Company. <sighs> Sounds boring. <laughs> Solving global traffic problem is is boring. Yeah, it sounds boring to me too. But I don't know. I I, I don't think on your so don't you guys are pretty boring. Not you generally, Easy. right? So like, <laughs> you find you find excitement in different ways. Um, all right, guys. So I don't know what else to say about Tesla, man. I, I it was it was no, a great I'm... call. I thought. Yep. 
I think it's a type of call where you really need to listen to the call and read between the lines. Now, and when, did you, when did you buy your extra shares? Because it is coming down from its uh, spike this morning. Yeah, I, I bought them higher than where it is right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I bought them like half an hour before our episode started. So, I mean, I'm down on the shares. That I'm probably somewhere halfway between top and that where it just bottomed We're out. all very long-term on Tesla. And like I said, you, it's not a big part of your portfolio. It's it's one of my top holdings. And I, I, for, I see it being a top holding for the near and far future. Yeah, I mean, I don't really blame you it's just there's a lot going on there that's just it always makes me nervous having tesla be that big of a part of my portfolio then again i i have i have a lithium company that does zero revenue as one of my top holdings so i who am i to talk like i i'm doing some ridiculous speaking of lithium yeah, and what happened a, by the way what happened to lithium america it's uh it's fallen oh off a God. cliff in the last i've tried to uh, i've been searching i've been trying to figure out what's going on and i can't find anything concrete i, I can't I can't but it's not just—it's not just LAC. So plug power looks the exact same. Uh, end phase looks the exact same. So somebody's unloading something. Uh, you know, I—it's interesting here. I, yeah, you're right. Now Piedmont's starting to drop, and it wasn't. Look before. at end phase. I, I like. By the way, I like that the other guys are dropping too. I was really at first; it looked like it was just Lithium Americas, right? Because I, I like, thought maybe there was like some news about the loss, about the uh, you know court case or whatever. But that apparently is not the case. You know, there are just a handful of things that could happen. It, it, at any moment, they could announce a funding deal that's seen as less than optimal <laughs> in the way that they're structuring it. Right. Uh, also, they could have found some cultural issue in their mind in their mind that's going to complicate, you know, the last little bit of, of, of approval that they need, right? They're waiting on that final, they got the final approval, but it's being held up right now. So there could be an issue. It's tied up in court. I, I just, I don't know what it could possibly be. I like it that it's the entire industry. I was a little nervous yesterday because one of my big risk factors for Lithium Americas is Tesla announcing some crazy wild, like direct, extraction technology that hasn't really been scalable yet uh that would potentially trump what existing lithium companies like lithium americas are doing uh i think that's super unlikely so i was listening to a tesla call yesterday specifically for that but instead of that elon said something really interesting and and we're going to talk about this during our twitter spaces guys we have a twitter spaces that starts in 15 minutes i don't know if dave and jordan can it or not but um uh, we, yeah, I'll jump we on. hopefully, hopefully we're going to have Dante's trading. I think he said he would hop on and answer some questions. I, he's never done anything like this before. So if he actually does hop on, uh, this is probably one of the best, uh, mining, uh, investors, traders, uh, in the entire space. So it'd be really fun to have him on, but let me read you what Elon said related, uh, to lithium on his call. Lithium margins right now are practically software margin, 90%, okay? Literally, for people, for providers that can sell at spot, if you were able to sell at spot price, which not everybody can, um, it would be basically 90% margins, meaning the amount of money that it costs to mine lithium. 
be three to you know three to four thousand per ton. Uh, spots actually like sixty or seventy thousand a ton. So even not at spot, even at like high contract, which would be thirty to forty thousand contract, which is like the very high end of what any contract could theoretically be. You're looking at ninety percent margin. So he says it's like, do you like minting money? Well, the lithium business is for you. That that that's literally what Elon said. And what I loved about what he said is he was encouraging entrepreneurs to get into the lithium space. Now, what I love about that is that he probably does have something up his sleeve when it comes to direct extraction technology that they've been working on, but it's not so groundbreaking that he's like, we've solved the problem, so watch out. We're going to be the world's biggest lithium producer within a few years. Well, and it takes so long to even get started with a mine. As we know from Lithium Americas, it's years of red tape before you can even... I, I don't know, uh, shovel and, about, and pick that stuff? Dave, how about what? 12 years? How about 10 to yeah. 12 years of red tape? And assuming that Lithium Americas actually receives the final, final, final thumbs up come August, uh, let's hope that actually happens. We're looking at two years to build it out before they can start mining anything, in the U.S. at least. They're about to break ground in Argentina. A oh, one thing, Jordan, that it might be, this is what I think it might be. Uh, you, you know there's been news recently about Mexico nationalizing their lithium production and now Chile uh, potentially ma- uh, nationalizing their uh, lithium production. There's also rumors that have been circulating about Argentina uh, nationalizing their production. And that is where Lithium America has their real yeah. lithium mine that's about to start producing lithium. So that would be I don't know how that exactly works. Potentially a catastrophe? I, I, I don't know. I don't think it would be good for Lithium of Americas, though. <laughs> what? It would be bad for Lithium yeah. Americas. For sure, it'd be a negative uh, because it would probably cap their ability to grow. Uh, and I, I assume the. I don't know what happens. The government then just literally buys it out, takes it over. Like, I, I don't know exactly what those steps are when something gets nationalized and they're kind of like forced to sell it to the government or maybe the government takes partial control of it but i can't imagine it remains uh you know a publicly traded entity or something that's available to private investors at that point so i i i don't know i don't know much about nationalization i just know it's a negative for the industry when it happens at least where it happens so if it doesn't happen in argentina it's probably a net positive that it happened in mexico and chile because everyone is speculating that once it gets nationalized they become more inefficient, and it actually it actually grows slower than when it was a private market, which is similar to what happened when Mexico nationalized their oil industry. Um, very similar thing happened there. So the news was a positive, but if it's Argentina, it's a big negative. I don't know what else it could be, guys, but we will get on this uh, Twitter spaces. By the way, we're not financial advisors. We didn't say that yet this episode. Uh, these just just our take on Tesla. Uh this is what we're doing. Poke holes in the thesis. Get on dumbmoney.tv forward slash discord and uh, debate it, please. And, uh, and if you want to, if you want to continue this conversation about lithium, we're going to be talking all about it on the Twitter spaces. Head to Twitter. Our uh, handle is dumbmoneytv there. And we'll be, uh, we'll be joining, I believe, Dante's Trading is going to be uh, with us on that. And you know what we're going to do, Dave, on this Twitter spaces that I think is going to be really cool? We're going to address the other the other side. I'm thinking the metaverse. We're going to address you know the skeptics, uh, the lithium skeptics, and the lithium America skeptics. Uh, I'm, I tried to identify 
uh, what their kind of devil's advocate take would be on this space. And I'm going to at least address what my take is on their take. So this should be kind of a balanced conversation around the pros and cons around the lithium industry. I'm going to go into a little bit of history in terms of how we got here. I think the history behind lithium is actually super interesting. Uh, the lithium market is super interesting. The history behind lithium uh, Americas and their mine uh, up in Nevada, uh, Thacker's Pass, goes back millions of years. Uh, it's such a cool story, and we'll talk about that on Twitter Spaces. It's the Dumb Money TV Twitter account, right, Dave? Yes. Dumb Money, Dumb Money TV. Head over to so, dumbmoney.tv. 1 p.m. Eastern, that starts at 10 minutes. It's, it's 10 minutes. So that if means we have to watch. say goodbye for now. Thanks for watching. We are Dumb Money. We will see you back here very soon.